if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about software as a medical device. So you know that when we are developing a software um, or a medical device mainly, we have to have also all the documentation that um, are showing how you have developed the software and how uh, you can show to an authority that you are compliant. And uh, so today we'll talk about that. And I have with me Anindya Mukherjee, which is the CEO of S-Cube Technologies. And uh, Anindya will help us to understand more about this topic. So Anindya, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hi, Munir. Thank you. Thank you for inviting, inviting me again. Great. Thanks. Yeah, last time we talked about uh, our project that we had together, which is the Smart Eye. Uh, and today we'll talk specifically about uh, about uh, SAMD development, design and development, uh, and I hope you can uh, you can help us on that. Can you just be quickly for for people that are listening, introduce yourself or tell me exactly more about you? Well, in one word uh, or in one sentence, I've got twenty years in SAMD, so here is an opportunity for you to extract as much knowledge as you can, uh, you know, for the viewers in your channel. Great. Um, so, and India, um, the, the, the elements that, that we have is sometimes that um, we have some companies or people that are, as I'm saying always, like waking up in the morning and say, oh, let's make a, a software as a medical device or let's make a software. And usually they discover later that this is a medical device. And then the question is, what should we do on this and that? So uh, mainly when we are developing a software as a medical device or a software that is a medical device, um, what are, if I can say for the companies uh, that are doing this, this software, what are normally the standards or the elements that they have to follow for the development or for making that the software is really made correctly for medical devices? Sure. Uh, see, um, to ensure that you are um, um, uh, designing and developing uh, the software in the right way, it's very important that you set up a good platform uh, and have a right framework. So uh, thankfully, uh, for the medical device, we have a harmonized standard, which is ISO 13485. Yeah. And it's not specific for software. However, it gives you a very good set of, um, you know, the way you want to do. So the set of processes, procedures, templates. Uh, and also, you know, it appreciates that if your medical device is a software or, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it is there to help the, uh, you know, the intended purpose of the hardware, then 62304 um, is, a, is a recommended standard. So I think 62304 uh, is the next one. So it all starts from the 13485 platform, but then uh, you need something which is specific to the software lifecycle. 
uh, and IEC 62304, uh, it, is, um, it is quite popular and the most popular standard for the software lifecycle. So that's one of the recommendations. So and software, uh, this is popular for software as medical devices, not for software in general, but really medical devices in that case. Yeah, software as a medical device, or uh, there is another term which is software in a medical device. So okay. if uh, you know, uh, so if uh, the software is not a standalone software, this is how we define the software as a medical device. But if the software is existing in a, within a part of a, a a hardware or a system, and it's basically there to fulfill the intended purpose of that entire system, then it's it's basically the software in a medical device or uh, it's popularly known as embedded software, or you know, it is also firmware. So we have different definitions or different terms, terminologies, but um, it is basically the software in a, in a medical device and software as a medical device. These are the two top categories where 62304 can be well implemented. And 62304, 62304, we had already an episode made on the podcast about it. Uh, but today, what the objective is really to focus on one of the elements, maybe of the design, which is design file or design documentation, design dossier. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, 62304, does it explain to you how to develop this design file or it is the ISO 13485 that you have to use for that? So is there really the kind of one that is leading the other? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, see, 13485 is the overall quality management system, which does not have a focus on software, but 62304 is the standard for software. And it does tell you step by step, um, uh, you know, the, the processes and the different activities or the task uh, very systematically and very quite, quite in a detailed way uh, that how you should start thinking about software, how you should start uh, writing the software, how should you test the software, uh, so how you should design and develop the software, not only that, but how you should maintain the software, how you should update or upgrade the software, how should you release the software, you know, how you should manage the defects out of the software, um, uh, you know, if something goes wrong, how you should, um, you know, if you if you undergo a problem, if you face a problem, then how you should re uh, resolve that problem. Um, and it's also touch upon the how you should, um, you know, think about the risk. Uh, so obviously, you know, there is a, it's a separate topic of uh, risk of the software, but, you know, depending on if you want me to speak, but yeah, it's an overall dedicated uh, platform where you are quite safe. Uh, you feel a lot of confident in, uh, you know, in designing and developing the software. Yeah. And um, so as you, as we said, we have this ISO 13485, which is mainly the management system, the quality management system. And inside there is a 62304. So um, when you are going through this um, certification with a notified body or certification body, um, do you need to have a specific certification for 62304? Or um, is, is, is it like embedded, if I can say, on your ISO 13485 or how is it working? Uh, sure, um, a standard question. So um, everyone think of this that, uh, you know, do we have to get audit of 62304? Uh, well, the answer is no. Uh, so far, you know, it's not an auditable standard. However, it's so much popular that if if uh, I'm an auditor and if you say, um, if a person A says that, um, well, I have got the best, um, uh, you know, processes and activities, um, you know, in my product, I've got a best design file and I have done a lot of work. But if it does not mention about 62304, then, you know, the auditor, I as an auditor will be 
more curious to know each and everything because uh, then I will have an apprehension about the work, you know. Uh, uh, you know, on the comparison, if there is a second person who talks about, uh, uh, you know, the all these processes and activities and tasks that he has done yeah. um, and, and just say that, well, we have referred to 62304, that gives a confidence uh, to the auditor that, well, um, the, the team already knows what they were doing and, you know, it's quite standard and the set of questions and answers becomes very easy and, you know, uh, very standard. No, it's clear. And um, I cannot remember. I have to check again. I, I can't remember if IEC 62304 is an harmonized standard or not for the moment. Uh, not for the moment. Okay. So um, I mainly, I mean, uh, and I agree with you, uh, mainly uh, each time myself, I'm auditing companies, I'm doing internal audits for companies. Uh, and each time we talk about the software, the question is, what which standards have you used for the development of the software because you cannot choose a standard development like a hardware because the software is different as you said so there are a lot of things that are that may be different so having uh, a combination of for your iso 13485 plus uh the way to develop and to manage life cycle management of software through iec 62304 uh, is the best combo the best strategy and the best thing that uh, that you may do um so in terms of that um like any medical device development, you have to create a design file which shows to people what are the inputs, what are the outputs, what are the tests, the verification, the validation. I mean, here, if if I can say it's like we talk about the waterfall process, uh, but there is another term that we uh, call the agile process for development of device. So in terms of the design file, um, can we say it's exactly similar as a ha hardware device or there are really differences here? Great question, Munir. Uh, so see, there are two approaches um, and we, we started our discussion with two different categories of software or two different types of software, SAMD and SIMD. Now, when we talk about SAMD, it's a standalone software means it will have its uh, uh, own design file because you need to submit it uh, you know, separately. Um, uh, you know, either on its own or even if it is, um, uh, you know, part of the whole uh, medical device system, but it should have its um, uh, design file on its own. However, SIMD, which is the firmware or the embedded software, it is a part of a hardware of a system. It basically gets involved with the, the, the design history file of the hardware. So there are two different types of design history file when you talk about the software, uh, software types in 62304. Um, now, when you approach these two design files, more or less the elements are same. However, since firmware is a part of a, a bigger uh, system, so there are some reusability, like uh, they can be the part of the risk file, they can part of the human factor file, uh, you know, uh, so on and so forth. However, when you talk about an independent SAMD design file, then you have to think most of the things um, maybe separately. Uh, however, that standalone software can be also integrating or interface uh, with a bigger hardware, uh, for example, an injection pen or an inhaler, uh, which is Bluetooth enabled or IoT technology enabled. If it is interacting with this SAMD standalone, um, then, you know, uh, of course, you know, there is a reusability, uh, which we can talk uh, about, you know, in a, in a different uh, uh, day, probably, because it itself is a very big topic. Uh, but yeah, these are the two different approaches to different design files. And I can talk about um, it in a bit detail uh, if uh, if you allow me today. Uh, but um, more or less, we have two different files, two design files. 
Yeah, so um, I think it's important, yeah, that that we have an understanding of this SAMD and SIMD uh, because, yeah, it's two different types of devices, two different types of files also. And as you said, the SIMD has two uh, type of files, the file for hardware, the file for software. So you have to manage twice uh, or more things, if I can say, related to that. So um, in terms of this creation of the SA SAMD uh, file or SIMD file, so um, sometimes we have, and I have that with my um some some companies that are calling me for helping them. So um, I have some companies that are calling me, but the software is near to be on the market or it is already on the market. And they maybe got an authority email saying, oh guys, you are so a medical device. So you show us that you are good, etc." So, I mean, they have made the development, but they don't, they haven't followed the 62304 or 13485 or any of those. I'm not saying they are bad companies. It's just that, they had no knowledge. They didn't know. As I said, sometimes you are waking up in the morning, say, oh, let's do this. But you don't really know that there are some rules to follow mm -hmm. us and you, you learn that by, uh, I mean, it's painful, but you learn that by experience. So in that case, if this company is calling me, can I still help them and um, create the design file while this product is already on the market? Yes, I mean, see, to answer it, uh, I'll take a step back, Munir. So, um... Uh, I also uh, heard you asking that, you know, when is the best time, uh, you know, for when, when do we start the design file? So as soon as, as you have an idea uh, of building this software, uh, and as soon as you are hungry to understand the definition, uh, as soon as you want to define its intended purpose or intended users on the intended environment, that's the time you kick off your design file. Uh, so we, we talk about uh, design file maybe on day zero where you are defining the software. Definition of software is important because um, two top things that you do or you want to achieve there is the definition of software, whether it's a SAMD or SIMD, because that really um, uh, triggers uh, that whether it will be a part of uh, the design file of the system or it will have an independent file. So that's point number one. Point number two, uh, what is the safety classification, right? Okay. So whether it's a class A, class B, class C. Um, class C is, uh, you know, which which can do a permanent injury or a death. Class B, uh, you know, uh, injury, uh, which is not acceptable. And class A, um, no injury or injury, which is acceptable, right? So that's that's a standard definition as per 62304. Uh, now, this really defines your uh, number of deliverables or type of deliverables. For example, if you are class A, you may not be uh, doing the detailed design of the software, you know, at every element or, um, and if you are classy, you have to do a lot of detailed design and you have to do thorough testing uh, if it's classy. So it's kind of, um, you know, proportionate uh, that if it's higher risk, then you have to do more, it becomes more stringent. So it's very important. Now, um, to, to come back to your uh, uh, second question that, um, you know, if they are late, you know, so, well, it's it's still never late till you are not touched upon by the audit or even if you are audited and, uh, you know, it's an initial stage or stage one where you get to know that, hey, you know, you had to do so many things uh, in terms of software design file you haven't. So, yes, you can still do it. Um, so three of the important activities that we suggest in the software as a medical device or software in a medical device are safety, which is risk. Okay. Uh, security, which is cyber, cybersecurity, and the human factors, which is also usability, right? So these are the three um, 
the the dif- uh, the different milestone that you want to achieve and these are the three um different visions that you uh, should have with your software so the first thing is you should see that whether you have risk assessed your software whether you have security assessed your software uh, do you understand what are the different vulnerabilities and third is have you touched upon the the user experience or the usability or the human factors now this is the first step where taking these three into consideration you start doing a gap analysis and obviously um uh, there are there is a software life cycle which all starts from the have you got a right planning end to end planning which we call as software design plan uh have you got the different levels of uh, requirement uh, defined uh, you can call and and is it like um, a part or, uh, or or is it traced back from the product requirement specification or user requirement specification then have you got your software architecture design in place have you got your detailed design in place have you got different uh, levels of verification testing uh, unit testing integration testing system testing and have you planned your release do you know how you want to handle the change request if any uh, you know within a pre pre release or post release you know from the market how you going to handle the complaints or feedbacks so these are the step by step elements or the or the activities that we do however if you start late you really have to quickly do the gap analysis and one of the most important thing is the risk assessment that how uh, you know how much you have done and what are the gaps and then obviously we can always um, uh, retrofit few few of the activities but the downside is that if the software is already made and um, the the good design strategy was not made like for example it is a class c uh, which can even kill the kill the patient if something goes wrong uh then you haven't done the 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 component design and you have not strategized how you will perform the testing of those components so these are the 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 downside of uh, starting late however uh, we can always uh, you know uh, take it back um, and uh, and see that what are the gaps uh, and we can always strategize so it's it's well late is not desirable but if if it is late it's not the end of the world you can always uh, you know get to it Yeah and I suppose that even if you are not following the 62204 as you are making a project you still have some meeting minutes you still have some maybe decision that were made on emails you have so the idea is to rebuild this history and to see exactly what are for example some requirements that were asked for the software maybe by some customers etc to design, to make the the user needs for example at the beginning so the, I think there is still possibilities from companies to tell us why why they have this or why they have that in their software so that we can really build the the documents for that but one thing that you touched on is also cyber security um i think it's also something that is important under um smd or simd uh, we talked a lot about that also within the regulatory affairs part um so in terms of cyber security so is this something that you recommend to do internally or is it a company external company should do that or how what is the strategy that company should follow for just starting this process not maybe knowing about it but starting this process sure uh, in in a very short um, um a way of explaining um, or uh, you know quick way of explaining cybersecurity is that it's it's not just the product security that uh, the auditors will look for it's the end to end security 
And um, cybersecurity is not just, uh, for example, doing a penetration testing of the software, but it is much more than that. There are a lot of other elements, you know, starting from the documentation security. Uh, and there are um, uh, around eight to 10 parameters, uh, you know, uh, on top of uh, just doing the penetration testing. So um, definitely one of the uh, best idea is to always outsource it because you may not have uh, the experts which who, who understand the cybersecurity as well as to, to get it from, let's say the MDR or the MDCG requirement of cybersecurity uh, or Amy, uh, Amy also suggests a lot of good requirements or the ways of uh, implementing. So I always suggest to get the expert advice um, uh, if, if you don't have the complete team. Um, uh, however, you know, it's always good to have uh, someone who understands the security uh, within the company if, uh, if it is a, you know, big company. But if it is a, a small and medium company, sometimes it becomes difficult to, you know, hire a full-time um, security expert. So in that case, you know, you can always take advices from the experts. Exactly. So, I mean, as, as we said, this part is also part of the risk analysis. Mainly you have to avoid that anybody can penetrate your device and change something inside or... Uh, I mean, you see those uh, those science fiction movies or those movies where they can control your pacemaker or this kind of thing. So this is reality. So you have really to have those tests and those things uh, available uh, to show that really you have made everything possible to avoid this kind of, of situation. And this test should be included inside your design file because mainly first you go with your uh, risk analysis, you identify this potential risk of penetration, and then you do this test to verify that there is no risk, and then you reduce the risk, and then uh, you are safe, I can say, for any auditors to ask you about, about this question. Um, well it's a good point uh, just quickly uh, so security should not be um, um, you know uh, stay away uh, should not stay away from the uh, from the risk and it's basically two side of one coin and there's a intersection of two uh, circles where you know there is a common part where security and safety and the risk should be balanced out well so you should know that you know if safety is more and security is less or the vice versa so uh, there is a uh, you know patient versus the regulation uh, balance. So uh, there is a lot of uh, idea and the discussion that goes around in that topic. So I think uh, safety or the or the risk manager and the security expert should wo should be working hand in hand. That's yeah, one of no, the I things. agree. And uh, yeah, mainly not only for software, also for hardware. Uh, yes. Risk management is really uh, the the most important document that you you can have. Sure. Okay. So um yeah. I think we covered most of the things. We try to not go technically, if I can say, inside um, all the elements of design file. Um, but uh, we wanted also to explain to you maybe um, what kind of solution we are proposing. Because as I've said to you, so uh, we are working um, with Scube, so with Aninja, we are with the software SmartEye, which is an electronic quality management system. So for these specific requirements on design file, so what is SmartEye? I mean, how can people, um, if I can say, use SmartEye for uh, designing their design file directly? So SmartEye is uh, very much focused with the software as a medical device and software in a medical device. And uh, it basically blends 62304, 4971, and 62366 on top of 13485. Now, uh, six two, uh, and SmartEye actually facilitates or helps you to create your design file um, in Agile. Um, uh, and while maintaining your uh, compliance with all these uh, software standards, uh, it gives you um, the, the way to create your requirements in the backlog and then 
uh, use it uh, uh, per sprint. Uh, so you don't have to deal with all your requirements uh, like a waterfall. So how much requirement it's ready, it then trace it to the design and to the test and the different levels of verification testing can be created in SmartEye framework. Uh, and one of the uh, very important feature uh, or functionality what SmartEye provides is uh, it, uh, it calculates your uh, set of uh, deliverables or documents depending on your uh, safety class. So if you are class A uh, versus class B or class C, uh, or, um, you know, even if today you are class A and then tomorrow you become, uh, you know, in future you become class B, that switching, all of these are calculated in SmartEye. So SmartEye gives you the framework as per the uh, risk classification. And um, it, it gives you a lot of flexibility uh, in, in uh, doing the verification testing. And uh, it offers you the defect management lifecycle. So the entire product lifecycle management in Agile can be done in SmartEye. Yeah, no, I've I've seen I've seen also that um, uh, one of the features that I've seen is that, for example, you arrive at the beginning, you try to create your project, and it tells you is it a hardware or software plus hardware, etc., or hardware only, uh, I mean, or software only, etc., and then from there, you are just populating few information about your software, and then it's it's creating the full template or full framework of the design file. And then, as you've said, you just have to go through that, and it's like a checklist. You say you need this, you need that, you need that, or you can justify to remove some of the files, but mainly this is the files that are expected to be seen. So for you, then no need to think anymore, uh, because when you go to the 62304, yeah, first they say ask you what is the classification of your device, class A, B, C. And then when you go inside, it tells you this chapter is for class A, B, C. This chapter is for class B and C. This chapter is for class C also. So mainly the idea here is that everything is now directly uh, provided to you in SmartEye. So there is no need anymore to, if I can say, think, uh, sure. should I do this, should I do that? Because everything is there. So sure, um, it's, yeah, sure. it's, it's, really, it's really something that, I mean, I suppose is you are trying really to develop to help uh, companies to really make it easier for them to from start to the end. Then, absolutely, Munir, and I think you covered it very well. Uh, it it actually helps you in defining your entire system. If you are only software, it gives gives you the only software design file, uh, and in that it takes care of A, B, C. As I said, switching is always uh, you know available and uh, possible. And if it is a part of uh, a hardware firmware, then it gives a separate design file which contains uh, a hardware firmware design file. Also, it gives you the technical file. So um, you know if you have a a system technical file or a, just a SMD technical file, it gives you um, you know the entire framework of the technical file as per MDR or uh, you know the design history file as per the uh, you know the 510k submissions so uh, and specific to hardware specific to hardware plus firmware specific to SAMD software so all of that is very very easy um uh, you know doing in smarteye yeah no great so um so i think um maybe a last question so what kind of advice for companies that are developing this kind of um, SAMD is there something that you see and you think, oh, it's they are always making this mistake or this is the thing that maybe they have first to look at because it's important, etc. So is there kind of uh, good practices that maybe you can advise um, the audience? Because I think I think you have also seen that a lot with maybe some a lot of companies and you say if they do that at the beginning or if, you, if they avoid that, then they can be on the on the right way. Oh. 
Sure, a great question. So I think uh, one of the biggest mistake that um, SAMD design development company they do is working uh, in silo uh, and working independently as just the software team. Uh, we have to always appreciate that this software is basically the medical device. It it has to uh, it has an intended pur uh, purpose which solves a medical it has a medical purpose, right? And uh, probably the end users are the patients or the HCPs, right? Now. The very, uh, very important thing here is to come closer and work as a team. Uh, so it's not the software design developer testers, but along with them, you have to involve the patient safety. You have to involve the risk manager. You have to involve uh, the compliance and the most important QARA, uh, you know, uh, our read of people. And it's it's very important that, you know, the, these all team come closure. And, you know, one of the initiative that you and I took in the designing, developing SmartEye was this, that uh, all the team should come close and should work uh, because there is always a discrepancy of a technical uh, world of software who probably don't understand the medical device. Uh, then there is a, a medical device uh, experts who probably don't understand the technicality of software. And then uh, the compliance, the QRA, they binds everything, or the patient safety or PRRC, they bind the whole group, the whole system. I think they all work very separately, and there is always um, uh, a waste of ideas and the wasteful ways, or you know, they reinvent the wheels. They probably do the same thing again and again because they are not uh, closure, closely working together. So I think this is one of the things, uh, if uh, company and the, especially the bigger one who are diversified across uh, the entire world, uh, I think th this can be a game changer. And uh, SmartEye, which is available on the cloud, I think this is one of the best uh, solution that uh, can offer to the to the even the bigger companies who can have their uh, you know uh, ways of working together. So it it uh, bring the world a different world and make it one world. You know, so it it it's making the world closure. Yeah, no, it's great. So thank you. Thank you for that. So um, where can people follow up then or check what is SmartEye or uh, S-Cube Technologies uh, or follow up maybe with you if they have any question about SMD? So if they know you, they can reach out to SmartEye because it's your tool as well. So uh, and you are so popular, Munir. So uh, that's that's a good news. But, you know, I'm I'm also uh, the managing director and the partner in Easy Medical Device. So I'm I'm uh, also the UK responsible person in, in easy medical device. So it's easy to find me and uh, they, all they have to do is either find you or me in LinkedIn, or we are in different, uh, you know, so social channels and, uh, you know, it's easy to find. And our website is www.sq-technologies.com. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's easy to find. And we are always available all seven days, 24 hours. You know, we are young talented team and you know we are very excited to uh you know help the medical device companies yeah and i will put anywhere uh the the links on the on the show notes so don't hesitate to go there and uh, and india uh, you can also i mean for smarta you can also propose some uh, some um, some um, uh, testing some uh, demo that uh, that uh, you can provide to the people Yes, I mean, we are always available for the free of cost demo. Uh, so we uh, welcome, uh, you know, uh, for any such, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, demand and request, it will be very nice. And we ensure that it's a very learning session. So we just don't give the demo of, the, uh, of our platform, but we also talk about the different concept because we feel that, you know, um, uh, we can really change it. And our intention is not to just sell this platform, but also to make the difference of how 
to bring the agile, uh, uh, you know, getting implemented along with 62304, things like that. So we are the team of expert in uh, in S-Cube and Easy Medical Device, and we can really together help companies in uh, achieving the compliance. Great. So uh, don't hesitate to contact uh, Anindya or myself, and uh, I can I can uh, yeah uh, direct you to the to the the demo link or to the the website so that you can uh, get to that. Uh, but yeah, don't hesitate to have this demo to learn more about. Uh, how the smart is working and to check if this is really something that can help your company uh, to then have uh, the uh, the uh, uh, software that is helping for electronic quality management systems so to develop your uh, quality management system standard but also to anything about development uh, life cycle management kappa uh, non conformances uh, supplier management etc so there are many modules inside that can help you for for this kind of thing okay india so really thank you for your help i hope now People have a great understanding of what is a design file for a software SAMD or SIMD. And uh, then if there is any question, uh, reach out to you directly on LinkedIn or to myself. Okay. Sure, yeah. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much again for inviting me. Thank you. Wish you a nice day then. Yes, thank you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.